of Mr. Nice Guy, I'm Ben Slowey. Uh, today on the show I've got one of my favorite bands in the city. Uh, they are uh, uh, rockers with climate anxiety. Uh, the climate core, uh, I saw, was a word used to describe you guys. Um, but uh, they've got a new record that's coming out in the next couple weeks. Um, but I'm excited to talk to them about their music, uh, their artistry, their passion, their creativity, why they do what they do. So I'll let you guys introduce yourselves and what, and what you guys play. I'm Peter, I play bass and sing. I'm Saki, uh, I play drums and sing. And my name is Sam and I play the guitar and I also sing. A lot of singers. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the show guys. Um, Thanks for having us, man. Sure thing. Uh, how are we doing uh, this uh, cold, rainy October evening? Doing pretty good. Yeah. You guys have good days? Yeah. Yeah. Much better now. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, I haven't really left the house all day today, so yeah. uh, it'll be refreshing to drink a little bit. And yeah, what we got here? Well, we thought it would be fun to do a um, crown arraigning champion of lime, limeish flavored hard seltzers. So we have a variety of them, including. White Claw, natural lime flavor. <laughs> Perfect. Lime lemongrass flavor. Okay. A couple of those. Okay. We have a Henry's. Uh, what's that? Wow. Lemon lime. Yep. Look at that. Yep. We have We're a, trying to get sponsored. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Corona Refresca. Is this even? I don't know what oh, that it's is. Oh, it's coconut lime. Okay, cool. Yeah. So there you that's, go. That's limeish. And then cranberry lime. Um, Smirnoff. Oh, sure. And then as sort of a control, we have a Limerita. Well, I guess it's not a control, but there's a Limerita just like, because I feel like Bud Light Limerita was sort of a pioneer in this field category, perhaps. Yeah. Although it's not really a seltzer. It's, so we it's don't like wine. <laughs> <laughs> we really like wine, is the point. Or if you don't like it, maybe, if, That'll be maybe that would be the better way to determine a best one. Yeah. yeah. I should have brought an actual line. Oh yeah. Oh, oh like, yeah. Uh, something to judge against. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I might have one in yeah. the fridge. Um, that would be <laughs> ideal. But uh, man, we got we got some real uh, assortment here. I don't know where to start. You just kind of start take your pick. Well, yeah. How are we doing this? How do you want to do this, Peter? You know, I didn't give it much thought other than to get a bunch of these. Should we like? Share each one. Uh, we can cards. do some, yeah, some uh, lime tasting uh, here. Yeah. Alcoholic yeah. lime tasting. Yeah. Okay. Should we just go down the line? Should yeah. we organize go them? Go down the line. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and start with the white claw because cool. that's uh, you know uh, the it's the talk of the town. Tried and true. Yes, for sure. I heard at, shortly after White Claw oh, came oh, out, and I, maybe it wasn't. Maybe they had been out for a while, but like I feel like White Claw took off sort of like last summer mm -hmm. in like 18 and I think I think Kelsey at Cactus Club told me that they like couldn't like they couldn't meet demand like the manufacturers of White Claw like oh, yeah. they were, it was like out. I saw a news article actually recently about that that like they're like it's in such high demand that they're like uh, running low on 
supply or something really? like that. Yeah, yeah. They just need a keg. Is the supply man. like water? Uh, yeah, <laughs> honestly though. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, there's uh, well now there's uh, like the Bonin vivs like oh, yeah, yeah. Com- oh. Fucking God. Yeah, the it's Wild God. Basin is another one also. I don't know. So I got these from Metro Market, and you can get, like, you can do, like, a, man, this is so many, like, just, just like, beep out the brand names. <laughs> <laughs> but so I got these from the grocery store. Sure, and, yeah. And, like, there's, uh, you can do, like, the 10 buck, like, fill it up with whatever the fuck you want thing. Mm-hmm. And so I did that. I do that with craft beers a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I don't know how I overlooked Truly. Like, I looked at Truly, and Truly is, like, my favorite, mm-hmm. if I had to pick, I think. Uh, but Truly didn't make it in here. And yeah, I, I, I had my surprised. two-year-old son with me, and he was seriously yelling, Hello! <laughs> to, to, like, everyone around. Yeah. As I'm, like, picking this, I'm like, yes, they can hear you, bud. Like, let's just... Can you help me pick? <laughs> so I fucked up and got like two white bottles. Oh, that's two okay. Presses. So this is not scientific. I, honestly, man, like I'm just I'm I'm pleased. Uh, this is it's a real joy getting to sip from uh, so many uh, different market seltzers, <laughs> lime flavor. I'm a big uh, I like limeade a lot, so this is it works out. <laughs> Some of these are. Weird. Like this is this is yeah, this kind of weird. Let me, let me try this. One. I, I don't know. It tastes like, like sunscreen. <laughs> it tastes it like yeah. It's the flavor that they use. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah. oh man. This yeah. T- yeah. Yeah. This tastes like uh, this tastes like Bradford Beach. <laughs> <laughs> they aren't lying about coconut. Mm. And the, oh. that's a weird. Very coconut. Yeah. It's not the, so refresca if you ask me. You put the lime in the coconut <laughs> and you get yeah. a fresco. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well. It's there, there. For sure. Well, guys, uh, what we talk about on uh, Mr. Nice Guy, we talk love and fear through our passionate and creative minds. Um, so, first time I saw Snag, uh, this is a night I'll never forget. It was the Garden Home EP release party uh, in oh, yeah. May. Yeah. You guys were the last band of the night. I don't headbang. I like that's just not something I do really. Uh, I, I I was going. Crazy! I, w- I remember I was with Matt Glassell, one of my good oh, yeah. friends. Shout out to Matt. Um, yeah, shout out to Matt. Yeah, yeah. Peroxide, yes. Yeah, shout totally. Out. Um, but he was like, I'd like never seen you guys. I actually had never seen any of the bands that night. American Bandit was also great as well. Garden yeah, Home, Hermesia. They were just here too, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. They were here. And uh, Matt was like, "Oh boy, dude! Like this is gonna be crazy." So I remember I was like front row. And I was just like going crazy, and I was like, I I remember one of my coworkers, uh, I saw like I never see him out of outside of work, um, but I remember he was there and he was pretty drunk and he was just moshing, just getting thrown around, going nuts. I'm like, People were going pretty wild then. Yeah, yeah, that was, like, that was well, that was like probably the most packed I've ever seen Bremen personally. Yeah. Um, but I've seen you guys a couple times since then. So you guys at Cactus Club. Um, saw you guys at uh, the River West Public House for your birthday. Yeah. That was also that really was awesome. awesome. Yeah. That was yeah. So, uh, and I'm going to be going to be seeing you guys again for your uh, album release show at Company Brewing on November 9th uh, with Social Caterpillar, Naves, uh, and Dave Cabin Adam, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, some spoken poetry too. Spoken, yeah, spoken poetry. Poetry from Sam Pekarski and Johnny Lore and Unique Russ. That is a stacked ass night. It's, it's gonna be a great time, yeah. Fun. 
for sure. So, uh, so, but uh, needless to say, um, as we were saying before, uh, so you guys are, we're going to talk all about climate anxiety. We're going to talk about, you know, what people can do, uh, you know, uh, because there's, you know, all kinds of uh, conversations going on about reducing our, our uh, environmental footprints and whatnot. And I'd love to hear from what you guys have to say on that topic. But first, I would love to uh, start with just, I guess, a little bit about uh, how Snag came to be as a band. Well, uh, so Snag kind of started in 2016, the summer, okay. late summer, and uh, Peter and I have known each other for a long time. We've known each other since high school. We've known each other about 15 years. Wow. Um, and Sock and I have known each other since very early yeah. 20s, too. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess Peter and I kind of uh, rekindled our friendship after playing a show a show at Bremen. It was a cover show like for Valentine's Day and everything. And we were playing with a couple other people and they moved away and we were kind of like, well, let's keep playing music, let's, let's keep hanging. And uh, we would sit up in his attic and play the guitar and the bass and really loud, but we didn't have a drummer and it was kind of hard to do it. And at the same time, Stock and I kind of came together. Um, yeah, we were all kind of going through our own kind of thing, and I think Snag came around at a good time for all of us, where we just kind of needed the outlet and needed the hangs, really. Yeah. So that was in late 2016, and then we played our first show in February of 2017. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Where was it? Was that Circle A? No way! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right across the street. Yeah, um, it was a very packed show, too. I was going to so, say, um, because you walk in and you're basically part oh, of the band. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually have not seen a show there yet. I've only been there casually. Oh, you should, sure. you should catch a show there. Yeah. It's, it's such a nice place for a show. Yeah, yeah. And we played with Social Caterpillar. And yeah. that night we all like looked at each other and was like, should we do a split? And like before before the end of the year, we had a split out. Yeah. That was the goal for this year, pretty much. Oh, yeah. So have you guys, like, been playing music your whole lives, pretty much? Yeah, well, I've been in, uh, like, Scram's bands for, since I was, like, early high school, and then just uh, doing a lot of tours and stuff, and then for a good couple of years, I was not in a heavy band at all, and then met up with these guys, and... Mm-hmm. I think we've all been playing music pretty much since we were kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, kind of the, the typical story of you know having piano practice when you were you know seven or eight years old, and then yeah. Yeah. I picked up the cello, then I picked up the guitar, then the bass, and then I came back to the guitar. Sure. I did not know you played cello. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. I don't know. See, you're learning about yourselves here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I played clarinet and saxophone in middle school, but. Yeah. It was, I didn't value it when I was doing it. I was like just oh, yeah. more preoccupied with trying to fit in mm-hmm. uh, in middle yeah. school. But yeah. but retrospectively it was cool because it, at least now I've retained like the terminology of music, like sight reading, tempo, mm-hmm. syncopation, really? tonality. You, you still know all that stuff? Yeah, like yeah. I know what they all mean and whatnot, sure, sure, sure. but 
I guess so. This will be. Uh, will this be your? This will be your second full-length album that's coming out, right? Um, no, this is actually our first full-length. I see. But we had an EP before. Sure. Yeah. That, that was our first thing that we did. Mm -hmm. Something of a demo. It. Yeah. It was like. Yeah, it's six songs. The the first thing that came out was six songs, and it's very like. It's kind of all over the place in terms of. Excuse me. In terms of sound, like it doesn't. We don't We're sound like it at all anymore. Defining our sound. Mm -hmm. that yeah. Whereas now, I think this new record is very cohesive, and it like when we were writing it, we were writing it with a mind to like putting out on vinyl and like having you know a side A and a side B, and there's some interesting stuff, hopefully interesting stuff that's like in the inserts, stuff that comes along with it. So that'll be uh, fun. Yeah, yeah, it, it definitely, I remember listening to it uh, a couple weeks ago when you guys first dropped it, but um, I remember I, the, one of the songs that particularly stuck out to me was the last one, uh, the final one, the really long one. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, tell me about that song. It was, like, definitely... It's our hardest one to record. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit That's of a saga to record it. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But it's called Waiting, uh, and then in parentheses, We'll Starve. So it's basically like, it's about um, the con, it's basically like this, uh, I don't know, in the context of like climate anxiety, like uh, I feel like a lot of us, us, like people our age, especially probably younger too, mm -hmm. are sort of like, we're constantly talking about this like coming like moment of, this, this moment where everything ends or everything collapses and um, sort of like, you know, the end of the world is coming. There's this, there's this sense that like, shit, we're in like end times. There's all kind. Of, you, every time you open Facebook or like, scroll through a news feed, you see like an article about like, some indicator of a, a coming end. And mm -hmm. the idea is basically like that. That end is not like an instant in time. It's like something that's, uh, maybe decades long that mm -hmm. we're in the midst of. Yeah. And so if you wait for that moment to try to like do something different and like change your life or change the world, um, you're going to be, you're going to wait forever. Yeah. So like, don't wait. Yeah. Like, do something. Yeah. Be, totally. Like try to, try to change, try to be better mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's real as hell. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember you shared, Pete, you shared like a profoundly uh, impactful post on Facebook a couple months ago. It was like about climate grief. Yeah. And uh, I remember like getting emotional as hell, like reading it. I'm like, holy fuck, like, you know, yeah. like whether we're talking the Amazon, we're talking the ice caps, we're talking endangered species, we're talking, you know, just how much industrialization is you know has been expanding i remember an early early instance i remember like thinking about that like before i you know understood you know when, when i was still like had, had a child's mind like i remember so i grew up on a major street in illinois uh, i was i grew up in the south suburbs of chicago and uh, we lived on a major street my parents are horticulturalists we own a greenhouse that was our family business um and like I grew up with, like, you know, a lot of, like, sort of patchy forest, like, all around me. Uh, like, down the street, you know, 
like there were like empty lots full of just you know vegetation oh, trees mm-hmm. habitats deer you know bird feeders um like i'm a i'm actually fun fact i'm i bird watch <laughs> bird watching is a lot of fun uh and um my dad and i are really into it but we can't do that anymore because uh now our uh now our entire pretty much like um neighborhood our area has all become uh it's become either uh cleared out or it's become you know for example next door the the patch of forest that was next door is now a strip mall you know and like and now yeah and now yeah exactly it was developed and another patch of forest that you know was down the street is now a mire yeah. Another yeah. stretch, <laughs> another patch of forest is now uh, a hospital. And uh, I just remember thinking, like, damn, like, what about all the animals that lived there? Yeah. I was like, damn, what about, like, all of the, you know, the, the trees and the insects and, you know, the ecosystem that was being sustained by that patch of forest? I know it was, like, all this, you know, very small local scale. And, I mean, I was, like, fucking, like, eight, nine, ten when I was, like, mm. experiencing all this, but it's, like, our block looks like any other, you know, uh, like, major street, like, uh, corporate franchised hub mm-hmm. of, like, businesses and development and stuff, and I'm, like, damn, now, now, like, now every time I come home, it's, like, it's it's so, home, it's, yeah, it feels so weird. Well, how's, how's the greenhouse? We, uh, had to shut it down because of the climate. Um, damn. The cl- the climate in even the last twenty years has made running a uh, a small business greenhouse in suburban Chicago virtually impossible in competition with Home Depot and Meyer. Yeah, like we eventually, like you know, my parents had to, uh, you know, they had to shut down the business and find new jobs. And it's like it's it's hardly home has become so much of like an abstract idea because it's just so different than you know how i left it like how i grew up with it i mean my parents are on their own paths now doing their own thing but it's like yeah like this is i know this was entirely tangential but like you know it's even when we're talking like on a small scale it's like yeah like the the environment is changing you know like the the development is you know, it's been sprawling and, you know, it's just completely changing, even just not only how the environment is changing, but how you're perceiving a place, you know, it's, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's, it's kind of sad, man. It is sad. Yeah, for sure. I'm sorry to hear that. How yeah. long was, how long did your parents have the treatments for? 30 years. Wow. 1987. Oh, wow. Damn. Yeah, yeah, but, um... Yeah, I guess, like, so it was thinking about the climate, something that was, like, always impacting you guys, like, growing up and everything like that. Um, for me, I, I work outside every day, and I've been outside a lot of my life, and I feel most at home outside. Mm-hmm. And um, just from from year after year, you can definitely see a change in like the climate and what's going on and um i don't know it just yeah it definitely impacts me on like a deep level of like that thing
things are, it's definitely, there's something going on there mm-hmm. and it's like, it's not good. And you can see that like, um, working with trees and, um, seeing that a lot of diseases that weren't there before are sprouting up now because of, of just the wet weather lately mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. everything with that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Sammy and Pete, was it something that, like, was kind of, like, personal to you? Like, was it, like, on your mind, like, growing up a lot as well? I don't know. I don't know if it was on my mind of the, the change, but um, I also, like, grew up in the suburbs. I grew up a block away from the river, so I'd, like, you know, hang out mm-hmm. down by the river growing up. And then a couple years ago, I went on a trip where... I visited a lot of like national parks and I slept outside for two months and uh, but going to each park there was something about that park that wasn't going to be there within the next four or five years. Mm-hmm. So like I'm going to all these majestic places but then you know down the line they're not going to be there anymore. The glaciers aren't going to be there anymore and you know all this shit and it's kind of yeah. mind blowing. Oh yeah. That's a major, a major, on the major scale of things. You know? Oh yeah for sure. That's major outside right there. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. How about you, Pete? Um, my birthday was, is December 13th, and I remember as a kid, there would always be just like snow on my birthday, and lately there hasn't been, and it's always kind of like later and later. I remember like at one point I was like, I wonder if it'll snow on my birthday, and now it's like, I wonder if it'll snow by Christmas, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's a little, it's a small thing, but like southeastern Wisconsin, like you like a snowy winter is sort of like a magical thing, right? For it's it's a pain in the ass yeah. simultaneously, but it's also like there's if it's gonna be that cold, like yeah, might as well snow might in. as well be beautiful on the trees yeah. and stuff yeah. as you like look down a, a, a like look down a residential street and it's like you know you've got the the trees lining the street and it's just kind of like picturesque and there's you know there's something yeah. to that there's something like heartwarming oh, yeah. in a way yeah, about definitely. that. <laughs> Now it's like it's dicey, and then like, just I remember a couple of years ago in February, like mid February, it was like seventies, and it was yeah. like, what the fuck is happening? Well, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I think that was two years ago now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then it was snowing in April. Yeah, right. right. So, like, Dude, my yeah. So my birthday's January eleventh, and uh, oh yeah. So are you a uh, Capricorn? Are you Capricorn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, but um, <laughs> you're right on the cusp, right? Yeah, right on the cusp. Yeah, so um, I don't I'm, believe in astrology. Neither, neither do I. But <laughs> um, but my birthday, not this past year, but uh, last year, I remember. Yeah, it was like 55, 56 or something. Wow. I was wearing a long sleeve shirt. Wow. It's so fucked up. Oh, wow. <laughs> like there's so like in the entire time that your parents owned that greenhouse, there was never like a month of globally higher than average temperature or globally lower than average temperatures like that entire 30 year span global global average temperature every month was higher than average yeah yeah and like increasing the average right like yeah dude fucked i don't know so it's interesting how we all had a like you know a unique experience Mm -hmm. with you know how like you know we've perceived it changing and whatnot Mm -hmm. like i mean another thing is like um like the zoo yeah. is like a big has always been like a, like a tradi- a family tradition of sorts like we like a lot of you know we would go to the zoo like every every year because it's something my family and I really love to do but now it's like you know a lot of these animals like barely have like 
any you know sense of like the wild anymore. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. like because you know their their habitats are being destroyed. You know, yeah. and it's mm-hmm. yeah. I will say though, I went to the zoo this summer and they massively expanded the elephant habitat, and it's fucking tight. Is it? It's That's so good. nice. Oh my God. I need to go it back. It used to be yeah. really sad. You go and look at the elephants, like what? Yeah. Yeah. Where are these elephants? They're one of the hardest animals to like have <laughs> like, captivity. Now it's big. I mean, and I don't know. I mean, zoos are like a metaphor for a lot of things, right? But so I'm not. I'm not trying to like necessarily defend the zoo, but. You know, credit where credit is due. The elephant enclosure is. Well, that is great. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> I'll be returning to the Milwaukee Zoo to see the elephants. That's something crazy that I uh, found out today, actually. Um, I work for Lakefront Brewery. Uh, this is kind of a crazy thing, though, where we are a green brewery and we compost and we've composted for for years and years and years. Nice. There's, I found stuff today. There's one. Um, compost like I don't want to say landfill but there's like one like one company compost company in the south in southwest Wisconsin where all the compost goes to like an industrial composter it's full and because of that no we can't compost anymore that's and they don't they they're like yeah we don't know when you're able to when we're able to accept any more of your compost you're gonna have to Figure out a different way to get rid of your garbage, which is also kind of weird. That's fucking brutal. So it's all yeah. spent hops. It's spent grains, right? Well, it's everything. We use like plasticware that's compostable and you know, all that stuff. Oh, and so it's, mm-hmm. it's a lot of the, a lot of waste from us that we now have to find a different way to get rid of. Yeah. There's this dude in Cleveland. My, I went to college with him, my buddy um, Dan Brown, and he started this company called Rust Belt Riders in Cleveland that like is doing all kinds of like it's like a massive like citywide composting thing i don't know um but yeah i mean we have we we have like what do we have compost kids and compost crusaders compost crusaders there's probably other ones mm-hmm. yeah. i don't know but yeah i mean commercial composting is that's the thing it's like we, we buy these <coughs> buy like special like to go packages and stuff and it's like compostable, and it's like, oh, we pay extra, feel better about it, and then it's like, you can only compost that in like industrial mm-hmm. compost. Yeah, right, right, right. One thing I saw recently, actually, uh, <clears throat> I saw that an article about, there was like a study that shows that like, disposing your like, uh, like food waste, like, uh, into, like I'm, I'm talking like apple cores and banana peels and stuff, mm-hmm. like, is not like environmentally friendly like people think it is like mm-hmm. and that you should actually like dispose it as you would other trash which yeah. i thought was really interesting yeah because yeah. yeah. that's something i was definitely guilty of like Same, i was yeah. always tossing you know an apple core like on you know on the side of the street or whatever, mm-hmm. but like yeah. now it's like i wait what is the thing so like if you the 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 thing that was debunked was like don't throw a banana peel yeah like the gutter. yeah <laughs> Rather, like, throw it in... Throw it like, in the, the trash, yeah. Yeah, and <laughs> Yeah. I know, like, I, I thought that was, like, really interesting. Well, just decompose. Yeah, yeah that's what you would think, yeah. Or, like, an animal would eat it or something yeah. like that. But. Yeah, right. Mm. I got kicked off the school bus growing up because you would throw apples out the window. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Whole well, apples just like yeah. throwing them at the mailbox. Just trying to like, yeah. <laughs> like, just, 
Yeah. Sure. You guys didn't do that? <laughs> we did a thing one time where, like, uh, we got everybody, like, in the back of the bus to, like, um, like, we, like, quietly count to three, and then, like, two, two or three people would smack the, back, the side of the bus at the same time, and then somebody in the back would go, oh, mailbox! <laughs> we did it, like, two days in a row. The first day, the bus driver was just, like, oh shit and like slowed down but then like kept going and it was real like whoa <laughs> that was like all right okay bus driver like yeah can, that's how you can play it and then the next day we did the same thing because we were what like i don't know like 10 it was stupid that's funny they, the bus driver stopped and was like okay who did that and the bus, the bus is just real. completely silent and everybody's just like oh fuck what's gonna happen yeah because like what does the like what yeah, bus drivers right. are scary because you're not sure like what kind totally. of like disciplinary like tools they can wield. Oh yeah, They're yeah, that's too. real. Yeah, bus drivers were among the most intimidating uh, um, uh, authoritative figures when you're a kid. I feel like as a bus driver though, I would be like, oh my god, no threat that I can make really has teeth. Like I'd be totally fucked. <laughs> you know, like you, because like what can they really do? Right. I don't know. They, they can, can tell the bus. Yeah, that or they can tell the principal. Yeah. Just like, don't pick you up. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. <laughs> that's just skip your stuff. <laughs> 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 like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I guess I'm not going to school today. So, um, you guys dropped a single uh, uh, a couple months ago. It was the only rational response, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, tell me about that song. Uh, we dropped it on the 4th of July, Independence Day. A day celebrated and marked by uh, celebrations of freedom in the United States, and yeah. it's uh, that this year, um, like that, like that, those celebrations were happening at the same time that like revelations were happening about like children and families being kept in cages and mass along the U.S.-Mexico border, mm -hmm. and uh, we thought that was just like extremely fucked up. So to <laughs> so we dropped the single, it's the, the lyrics are, break down every border, I want to open every cage, I want to pull down every statue, plant roses in their place. So, yeah, that was really hard. Too. Whoa. <laughs> More yeah. Lime Rita. Yeah, right, 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 yeah. It's um, different when you have the... For sure. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's all yeah. just like muscle memory at this yeah. point. So, yeah, so it's you know, it directly pertains to, like, just basically, like, uh, being appalled by, um, all of this shit, and it just, like, you know, the news cycle throws it in your face, and just, like, the fact that this, like, abhorrent concentration camp yeah. shit happening, mm -hmm. um, on our watch is, like, horrifying, and, like, the second half of the song is about, the second half of the lyrics, I should say, is about, like, wanting to remain clean and basically like stay comfortable in light of like a moral like need to take action on that and a feeling of being like even though I like morally completely reject this and like cannot stand for it like what can I actually personally do about it and like this conundrum this tension and like a lot of the whole album is about this tension between like the obvious, like, problems and, like, really insurmountable problems that are happening 
that we all just like described and we experience them and they're just like too big for an individual to take on. Um, the feeling that you have to and the feeling that you can't and the feeling that you're like scared to in some ways mm -hmm. and it's like that is sort of I think like that's the, the dissonance there is like what causes the anxiety like climate anxiety or like climate despair which was yeah. the subject of that uh, I think it was a Vice article that you mentioned before like climate despair is real and yeah. we need to talk about it so um, yeah we dropped that on 4th of July uh, all the all the proceeds from download not proceeds all the money straight up that anybody donated to that song or that anybody paid to download that song went to Vosas de la Frontera which does immigrant rights work shout out Vosas de la Frontera yeah for sure mm -hmm. um, I think so far we've uh, raised a hundred something yeah for them. that's, that's awesome. so over 150 bucks yeah good yeah. for you guys that's wonderful yeah I think it was, 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 was 135. Oh, yeah. okay. And Bandcamp took a piece of that, and we didn't realize that was going to happen. So we were just like, we're going to kick uh, it in to like recoup that. So it's not so any dollar that a person donated went to Voses and like Bandcamp be damned, sort of like we just like put in. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, filled the gap. So it's not proceeds. I mean, I always like am skeptical when people are like, all proceeds from this X Y Z thing are going to this X Y Z thing. It's like. What are proceeds? Are proceeds like the dollar amount that's left after you take your cut? Are they after overhead? Like, what is proceeds? Like, let's just donate the fucking money yeah, that people are money. contributing in right. good faith to the thing. Like, yeah. let's be a completely transparent middle, like, <laughs> yeah. intermediary between the person and the thing. And, like, we're donating our thing to foment that transaction. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just, sorry. A little bit tangential, but, yeah, like, but that totally. proceeds as a thing like bugs me. Fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> so when we're talking about like other songs on this on the album, uh, so Fire Escape. Uh, tell me about that song. I like that song a lot too. Thanks. So the first <laughs> the first song it, the first song is is called Flowers in the Springtime. Parentheses for David Buckle. Uh, David Buckle was a gay rights attorney who started a big compost, compost operation in New York City um, and then decided uh, to self-immolate. Mm -hmm. So he killed himself in Prospect Park by dousing himself in gasoline and uh, starting self, setting himself on fire, self-immolated. And, um, you know, like, obviously... I don't know if there's anything obvious about that. It's just like really, uh, that uh, to me, that's like a lot to take in. Oh yeah. I think it's the first yeah. like, and it was explicitly like he had a suicide note, content warning, suicide. Yes. I guess like tag your. Yeah, yeah. Well. Uh, about like how his symbolic act, his act was symbolic. Like I'm covering myself in fossil fuels and burning myself to death, as a symbolic, like this is a protest suicide, to protest our our collective suicide by fossil fuels, which is happening every day on the slow, long arc. So that song is about that. Like, the first song is about that, him doing that. And then the second song, Fire Escape, is about, like, the urge to follow suit. Like, the just, like, being upset and sad about everything that's happening and, like, like what do you, what can you actually do? Like, what 
you know, you can make a symbolic gesture, and maybe that's like maybe that has echoes and like ramifications that are like much larger than anything like specifically that you could do in your life to like reduce waste or like reduce your carbon footprint. Like maybe like I guess the idea is. I mean, I'm not. I don't think anybody should do that. Like, I don't think anybody should should commit suicide. That's not. That's not at all. Right. What I'm yeah. Saying. Like, right. At yeah. all. Like, don't. Do not fucking kill yourself. Um. But like, it's, it's. Uh, we're in like a tough moment. I think, and I don't think he's going to be the last person to self-immolate. Yeah. I think he might. I, he's the first person I've ever heard of to self-immolate for like climate justice. Right. Or like in protest of climate change. Yeah, and it's despicable that someone has to take that measure, you know, exactly. uh, yeah. to, to, you know, take their, their own life, mm -hmm. you know, uh, as, a, as a protest mechanism of, you know, the, the system. One thing, something that uh, we've, we've mentioned several times now is how, like, sort of, like, you can do as much as you possibly can, but you still don't feel like you're doing enough. And I think that's a direct product of capitalism, or like, it pits you in, it just pits you against other people, you know, and like, it just makes you feel like, oh, like, I'm doing this, and I need to condemn this person because, like, they're not doing enough, or like, you know, I need to outdo everyone else so that I can, you know, stay on top. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I think that you know, there's, there's, pe there's hopeless people, um, there's, there's some really hopeless people out there right now that, you know, feel like, especially with, you know, the current socio-political climate that we're in, like, people are like, yeah, we have no hope. And it fucking breaks my heart because, you know, like, I, I, I'm a firm, I try to remain optimistic and, and believe that, like, you know, there's always something that, you know, we can do as the people. And I feel like our voices are more powerful than they've ever been, but we've still got so much work to do. We, we talk a lot about how we can, you know, make reductions on like our own carbon footprints and whatnot, but really it's like what we can do as individuals is like, is so fucking minimal compared to corporations and how much of the fuck, oh, right, yeah, and how much, you know, they're, how much of a, impact they're making, you know, like, and just how it's a billion dollar industry, the, the coal corporation, and, you know, it's highly, highly suited to, you know, what Trump is doing and everything, and it's just like, you know, it, it makes it seem so, like, futile, I don't know, when it's like, the real people that need to be making changes are the ones that are in power right now, oh, yeah. right. you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, the, it feels like the conversation about, you know, what, what we can do as individuals, like, use, using, like, paper straws and, and shit like that, like, to, any, like, any effort to, like, atomize us as, like, subjects of this overall economic order <laughs> is, like, beside or, like, a distraction from what we should be doing, which is organizing constantly mm -hmm. and like building as as cr large a critical mass as we can to actually like make decisions irrespective of the decisions of a CEO and a ivory tower that's 
that really has like no like no sense of urgency with regard to this stuff. Like there are there are climate refugees today. Like this is this is shit that's happening right now. Like every mm-hmm. summer there's massive hurricanes that are like displacing millions of people like in the United States. It's not like it's some far off thing. And not to mention the people who like aren't in the United States and who are like right. far worse off than many people in the US that mm-hmm. are displaced by massive you know, massive weather events, like, we, this, this is, like, urgent, and I think, like, the, the, like, scary thing is that, like, going back to David Buckle, um, about whom the first song was written, like, uh, this is a person who was, like, extremely intelligent, who had, like, the, (coughs) excuse me, who had, like, the social capital to, like, organize, or at least help organize, like, a massive, like, compost operation, outside of his like professional career um being like a a sort of like renowned gay rights attorney like that is a person who decides that it's hopeless like oh fuck yeah and uh some of the lyrics towards the end of the song it's like uh what i gave you i won't forgive you kind of a voice of David Buckle a little bit, just saying, like, I did all these things, but nothing is, like, truly happening yet, you know, it's, like, not, not hitting, and so, I mean, like, it it could be in his voice, it could be in his family's voice, to a reaction of what he did, and, you know, it could be many different things, so. It's almost like an irony, it's, like, you know how like people talk about, oh, I love nature documentaries. Well, I feel like nature documentaries so much <laughs> then do something, yeah. you know? <laughs> like, I love David Attenborough's voice. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. same. And I you know, I'm a yeah, I, I, I'm a huge, like you know, devoted fan of David Attenborough and, and the Planet Earth series and everything, but it's like well, we won't be able to enjoy shit like that if we exactly. don't fucking yeah. do something. Right. So, Take care of what's yeah. going on. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I guess, like, uh, what are some, like, what are some things you guys feel like are just really simple things that, you know, people need to really fucking, like, actually, like, you know, set their mind to and, you know, changing their habits or organizations they can donate to or just, you know, what you guys feel the... Know, the best things us as individuals can do. I don't know, man. I can't answer that. Can't do it. It's too hard. It's like it's not. It's not that like it's not worth answering. It's a good question. Like everybody wants to like do their part, feel like they've done their part. <coughs> I don't think it's as simple as that, and I don't think we can like. I mean, maybe you guys have ideas for like how to, how to like respond differently, but, like, mm-hmm. I, I bristle at, 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 like, claims to that, to, and people who, people, who, and not, and not you, I'm not putting this on you, but, like, For people sure. who claim to, like, here's, here's, like, some shit you can do, like, as an individual, like, that's for you to feel better, not you, that's for the person yeah, to yeah. feel anyone, better. Yeah, yeah, anyone who asks that question. Right. And, like, there's plenty of ways that you can feel better if you want to feel better, right. but, like, the problem is that, like, None of us should feel better. That's the fucking problem. Yeah. 
Yeah. I don't know. Not to be. I guess that's like really dramatic. More it sounds like more. Yeah. No, that's actually that's actually super <laughs> real though, because I mean, especially when we talk about like things like privilege, you know, and we talk about as it relates to history, you know, whether it's white privilege, male privilege, like any any sort of privilege is like we're never going to be doing enough, you know, like, you know, our our history has disenfranchised, you know, any any community that isn't a cishet white man, yeah. you know, like the damage is done, exactly, mm -hmm. and like, when we're talking about the environment, it's like, this is something that everyone needs to consciously work towards, is like, you know, yeah, it's like, you can, uh, you know, you can, you can feel good when you feel like you're doing something that, you know, is like, woke, or it's just, you know, <laughs> you know, you, you can feel, you know, you can, you can get that temporary gratification, but it's mm -hmm. like, what, what are you actually doing to like, you know, shape the future moving forward? So I think what you said earlier, I think that organizing is probably the best thing we can do as individuals, like, you know, take part in organizations that actually like have some stake in our politicians and yeah. educate the youth. Have yes. Them, you know? yeah. mm -hmm. I mean, also just even learning about permaculture and like, um, planting more gardens mm -hmm. like in the city and just yeah. supporting doing, like local farms. Yeah. And helping right. people out that are in need, you know, mm -hmm. and think about our meat intake as well. Yeah. Um, you know, feedlots are fucking horrible. Just <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, know what you're getting your food from. Yeah, yeah. Try to be sustainable with what you eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, Peter told me to stop eating meat when I was 14 years old, and I haven't eaten meat since. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Hey, dude, I, I mean, hey, like... I'm actually a big fan of like, uh, so I work at Company Brewing. Um, Dude, they're impossible. Our impossible burgers are great, man. <laughs> I, I happen to love our beet burgers too. Oh, sure. um, not everyone likes them that much, but I like our beet burgers. Uh, you know, uh, I. What, what like, uh, uh, like, set of, <laughs> set of, like, sandwich style? Like, what variety of, of company, like, beet burger would you recommend? Oh, the last well, time we were there, we all had the, uh... I think we had, I had the Impossible Burger. It was the Impossible Burger, but it had, like, cucumber, oh. sour cream, or, uh, uh, cream cheese, um... Maybe, like, it's not a pretzel, yeah, it's not a pretzel, oh, yeah, pretzel but yeah. with, with everything bagel, sure, okay. sprinkling yeah, yeah. on it, it was, oh, like, nice. so fucking good. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, like, fried red onion, I want to say. Oh, like, yeah. Balsamic red onion, maybe? Tight, yeah, yeah sure. It was so good. Well, is is there what um, burger variety is your jam? It, it depends on what you prefer, honestly. <laughs> like, I mean, I my, for my preferred burger is uh, sautéed onions, mushrooms, uh, slice of provolone cheese, um, and a tomato on a burger. That's like my my go to, uh, and lettuce too. If it's, or lettuce and pickles, honestly, like I. Pickle action. Pick, pickle action is real. I love pickles. <laughs> um, but, so, I mean, it, I, I think that, it, especially with the in the case of the beet burger, it does come down to if you actually just like the taste of a mm -hmm. patty of a, a beet, like, mold. And I, I do. Um, I, I guess it just depends on... It's got that nice, like, 
kind of sweet everything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I've never had that as like the the like in place of the protein on a burger. Mm. It's an acquired taste for sure. Like I can see why it's off-putting to some. I mean, I never really ate beets growing up at all, but their nature's candy, Doug would have you believe. <laughs> Supposedly, did you watch Doug as a kid? Yes, yeah, sporadically. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you were before my. I was. I grew up in like the the SpongeBob and Fairly Odd uh, Parents. How old are you? I'm 23. Oh my god. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, we're old. Yeah. Yeah. We're fucking old. Yeah, we were the hair. Old baby. Yeah. You're 23. I'm a kid. Yeah. Are you lying? No. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> 23 men. 1996. Damn. Oh yeah. See. Okay. Well, I'm Hulu. All the episodes of Doug are streaming. Watch Doug, okay? I'm showing, I'm showing that to my two-year-old, and he's like, kind of getting it. He likes Rugrats a lot, which is really uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, and Sesame Street. Malcolm likes. Okay, but that being said, though, Rugrats is also on. Red and Stimpy's one of my favorites, though. Red and Stimpy's a timeless classic. Yeah, my dad put me onto that. As a kid, I fucking like would watch like SpongeBob. Okay, so it was like it was like Nicktoons were like, in my opinion, like gold. It was like it was like Rugrats, Doug, Rock is Modern Life, That's Rocket my Power, Rocket Power, Rocket sort of Power. like yeah, yeah. <laughs> started this like swing, and then it was like so it was like Rocket Power, Angry Beavers, uh, Cat Dog, and like, Cat, Cat Dog. Yeah. I was Cat Dog actually like, kind of freaked me out. Yeah, I was. I like it's a bizarre like, show. Yeah. yeah, I did not like Cat Dog. To no. be honest. And then yeah. shortly thereafter, SpongeBob came out, oh, and yeah. it was like the the the. Jump from like Rocket Power, which is like not surreal, to like fucking SpongeBob, which is madness. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And SpongeBob borrows a lot from like Ren and Stimpy, but does it yeah. in a way that's like that obviously has like taken hold in our like culture and like taken root and like is the subject of so many kids like memes and just fucking like. Right. It's like SpongeBob is like a cultural touchstone at this point, right? Yeah. And, uh, I don't know, I, at the time, when Spongebob came out, I was like, I do not like this, I'm too old for this, but I was, like, watching Dragon Ball Z and shit, too. Yeah. So oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I might have been too old for Spongebob, which makes me feel really old. I was thinking about this I earlier. I, I love Spongebob. Spongebob is the best. I feel like I missed it by, like, a year. Yeah, you must have. Fuck that. <laughs> I want to like There was, like, a study, too, though, where they, like, had kids do, like, math problems. And then they watched like a half hour SpongeBob, and then they went back and did like the same level of math problems, and did significantically worse after like watching Fascinating. SpongeBob. Yeah. No. Well, that's probably why I'm so bad at math yeah. because I believe through SpongeBob. Dude, that's so brutal. I yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I'm, I am serious. I'm not making that up. Interesting. Yeah. That's. I'm gonna look into that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, Are we so, these together? yes. Yeah. So as we close out, uh, yeah. boys. Um, so thank you guys for being here and talking about. Excuse me. The record, <laughs> talking about the record. Talking about you know uh, climate anxiety. Talking about just like you know what we can do, but also how it's easy to become a victim to the futility. Uh, so the questions I ask everybody as we close out, Pete, we'll start with you. What keeps you up at night? <laughs> well, we're talking. <laughs> I have to ask for the sake of the show, but. Uh, well, I have uh, I have two children, and they like literally keep me up at night. 
Congrats on the, the newborn. Thanks. You're welcome. He keeps me up. Um, for many reasons, but one of them is his own, the volume of his voice. The other is like the volume of my internal like monologue about like, oh fuck, we're fucking so bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Keeps, uh, keeps me up. Um, I guess the dread of just going to work the next day and being <laughs> fucking victim of. Uh, fucking capitalism. Of enterprise. <laughs> yeah. Yep, 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 yep. But, uh... That's real. Yeah. Other, other than that, just, uh, I watch scary movies before I go to bed, so... Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've been, I've been watching, kind of for, like, the sake of the holiday coming up, like, I've been trying to watch more scary movies lately. And oh, yeah. Watching some really weird ones. Uh, I don't know if you guys are fans of Dave Cronenberg, but, uh, The Dead Zone... Uh, from the early 80s is a really weird horror movie cool. with Christopher Walken, but I highly recommend it because it's really fucking good. I love let's, horror movies. Let's go to the video right after Yes, do it. Yeah. Sammy, uh, what uh, keeps you up at night? Self-doubt. <laughs> Self-doubt? Yep. Yeah. Uh, what puts you to sleep, Pete? What we'll puts me to sleep? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, shit. <laughs> uh, I've been reading, I've, like, I read before bed, and so, like, reading puts me to sleep. I've been reading, um, the, I've been reading Great Expectations by Charles Dickens, and it puts me way to sleep. Mm -hmm. It's just a long, a long, smooth slumber. Nice. Pretty damn good though. Yeah, good. Yeah. Dickens. Out of Dickens. He could, he could spin a yarn, tell you what. Saki, <laughs> what uh, puts you to sleep? Uh, I like to listen to music before I go to bed, and uh, lately it's been a lot of just very slow, somewhat heavy stuff. Like uh, there's a band called Big Brave that I like a lot. Cool. Man. That does it, and then um, stuff like Godspeed, you Black Emperor. That is insane because I was literally just thinking about them because I like probably like one of my favorite songs of all time is uh, the Dead Flag Blues, oh, yeah. the first song off F sharp, oh, A sharp. Oh, yeah. And Cars on Fire, No Driver at the Wheel, and like. I like actually had like a dream the other day where like I was hearing like that voice and like I woke up and I'm like holy fuck like I'm scared I'm terrified so I had to listen to this oh, yeah. I had to listen to it all over but then like the second movement with like the the, the tornado sirens and the yeah, train sure. going into like the cowboy like southern rock it's a, one of the most powerful movements of all time if you ask me but uh yeah, man, that Godspeed You Black Emperor is great. Yeah, uh, totally. That's some real. Uh, is it truly the last days? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For sure, it's the valley of death. Yeah. Um, good, yeah, but that's yeah. yeah, it's crazy to say that though. Um, I've been listening to a lot of Electric Wizard lately, also. Oh yeah, cool. Uh, oh, also yeah. a great band too. Yeah. Uh, Sammy, what puts you to sleep? Uh, I've got to really answer them say off camera, but uh, <laughs> uh, I would I honestly stay up. <laughs> 
I stay up to the point of like not being able to keep my eyes open, mm-hmm. and that's how I go to sleep. Yeah, is just like literally, I, I, I don't, I can't just like, can't do that. I have to yeah. be absolutely exhausted. You need stimulation until the very, yeah. until you're literally like fighting the yeah. muscles that are pulling your eyes yeah. close. Yeah, so, totally. wait, so like, when you, so okay, so you like brush your teeth and then like lay down. Yeah. And then, like, what are you? Do you like? Are you like? I'm gonna try to stay awake for as long as I can until you're just like not awake anymore. Or, like, are you no. doing something? No, because if I like sleep, then I'm like too much in my head. So I have to like distract myself until I pass out. So like, do you wake up with like a thing on your chest every? Sometimes, yeah. Like, like with my headphones wrapped around my oh, yeah, <laughs> right, chest yeah. and everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for being on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. This was great. Yeah, this is a lot of fun. It's great to talk to you guys. Thank you for the seltzers. Mm -hmm. What was was y'all's favorite? Um, okay. We had a crown of reigning champions. Uh, sure. Uh, (coughs) I don't think I tried this. Oh, no, I didn't actually try that one. Hmm. I actually like that one. Holy fuck. Okay. This one won. (laughs) This is the the best one. The lemon lemon is is a good touch on this, but... Otherwise, um, this is always a good bet too. The cranberry wine—that's a good, good flavor mix. Uh, mm. that's fuck like, ice. Yeah. Uh, Too bad. Vote for climate. Yeah. Uh, rally around climate. And who drink uh, all this? Take care of animals. Oh, I, I finished it. Did you like this one? Yeah, I actually did really like it. Damn, all right. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> I liked it because it seemed like everyone else hated it, but. Uh, <laughs> And, no, that's fine. Uh, also, uh, yes, check out. Drink, drink water. Drink water. Tell your friends you love them. Yes, tell your friends you love them. Uh, check in with yourself. And um, listen to Snag's new record coming out November 9th. Thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. We'll see you next time.